Okay, so, hello friends, welcome to Gaia House, welcome to the retreat. Uh, I'm very happy to be here and to see you all and uh, to see and have uh, caught up a little with some of you who I know well, uh, having seen you during the afternoon. Also to see many of you who I don't know, who are... Uh, um, and I know quite a lot of you actually are uh, here at Gaia House for the first time. So, we'll see. You'll see how it goes. Yeah, so, as I say, happy to be here. And really just, uh, you know, there's that reflection that's sometimes there at the beginning of a practice period like this the one that has this strange name called Retreat, which suggests to me going backwards, which I'm never quite sure of. I'd rather think of it as a practice intensive. And there's something about the conditions right here that are often us offer a certain intensifying opportunity for practice. And the rather particular and rather precious conditions that are put in place for that. The conditions of having a, a kind of suitable and very beautiful uh, container. The context of a shared environment of silence, mutual support and care and sensitivity to one another. The context of a certain continuity of meditation practices both in stillness, uh, sitting, standing, reclining, and in movement, walking practice, uh, the movement practices. A certain context of sharing teachings and reflections on the nature of human experience, on the nature of life. In the context of being able to meet with each other and explore and have some dialogue and questioning with each other. This is a rather precious and potent set of circumstances. And so I know some of you are engaging in these circumstances for the first time. Some of you are very, very familiar with these kind of circumstances. And whether familiar or not, there's a kind of pregnancy to the beginning of a retreat where, oh, some, there's the possibility for something to grow here and develop and be nurtured. And whether we're familiar with this practice or not, we may have some ideas about what could be nurtured, what we would like to nurture, and you know, life and our experience will show us what's up right now. Life and our experience will surprise us moment by moment. So, we'll get into some of the details and explaining some of the form and the context and the practices together. But uh, right now, in just uh, beginning and in the greeting you, it's really just, I want to honour that sense of possibility over these days for the, for the being here together, really, <coughs> for this possibility of training the mind. to really see what's happening moment by moment. This possibility of freeing the heart as we sense into, feel into some of the ways we um, tighten or defend around our experience. And this opportunity of really inhabiting the body of our experience being right here with what's happening moment by moment. So, thank you for coming. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being willing to train your mind and free your heart and inhabit your body moment by moment. I also say a warm, send a warm welcome to you all. 
My name is Gail. Um, Martin's my husband. I'm his wife. Um, it's maybe my third, fourth time here teaching this movement practice at Gaia House. And uh, I know a handful of people really well here. And there's also quite a lot of new faces. So it's nice to meet you all. And uh, as Martin said, welcome. And I also wanted to say thank you all for being here because I think it's a real gift to offer oneself this uh, opportunity of five or six days to really retreat from the world, actually, to retreat from your busyness of work, of home, family, social life, and to really take the time to become more intimate with yourself to, you know, just leave all the stresses, the, you know, the busyness that can engulf us in our daily life, just leaving that to one side and being here at Gaia House, which really can support our practice and just, yeah, taking the idea to take each moment as it arrives, each day as it arrives. So I will be offering the movement practice uh, to you all. And uh, just to say a couple of things about that. Um, I tried not to say the word yoga because yoga has so much uh, you know, weight to it nowadays. You know, so this isn't necessarily a yoga retreat. It's really the emphasis being on movement and particularly mindful movement. And uh, you may ask, what's the difference? What's yoga? What's mindful movement? So I hope over the days that becomes clearer to you. But there's really a sense of one slowing down so that the practices we do together, you know, hopefully will be gentle practices, quite slow. They may resemble a yoga posture or two along the way. But it's really that sense of just moving the body with awareness, with mindfulness, that sense of present moment awareness. So that whether we're twisting or we're stretching or lifting an arm up, we can really feel that. So just knowing the body in the body and also knowing the breath in the breath. So we're not so much thinking about the movements it's really more about inhabiting the movements, becoming aware from the inside. So that's going to be very much the encouragement over the days. And with that encouragement, maybe we'll also notice what stops us from becoming aware, from being present, from becoming, having a more embodied practice. Perhaps things will um, arise um, that perhaps we were not aware of before. So again, it's just having these great conditions to, to, yeah, just to slow down, just to take it a little bit more easy. There's, um, so the morning times, you know, the encouragement to move a bit before the first sitting, and we'll just be uh, stretching and just, you know, just awaken in the spine, so to speak. And then in the afternoons, a slightly longer session and, you know, maybe just an unpacking one classic yoga posture and just, you know, just moving more finely, more delicately within there. And after that period, there will be a, a relaxation you know, nowhere to go, nothing to do, which I'm sure we can all do with in our lives nowadays, including me, so I'll be joining you for that. And then that will, and then after that we'll have a, a sit. And for myself, I remember doing my first uh, yoga uh, course a long time ago when I was pregnant with our first child, who's 23 now and just really 
feeling the benefits over time of practicing yoga and just how it opened up a whole new world to me of awareness, awareness of body, which I hadn't really been aware of before. You know, so much caught up in the mind, so much caught up in thoughts, that there was no connection with this part of the body. So it was, it was very important for me personally in terms of my practice. And it went hand in hand with meditation. And so, in a way, doing the, the, the movement feels for me a really important part of the meditation practice. So in some way there's, there's, no, there's no difference to whether we're sitting formally and just becoming aware of the breath, or whether we're just moving the body and just being aware of the body and just really feeling into the sensations that may be present. And in that way, we can have a more intimate, a more connective relationships with ourselves. So there'll be an opportunity to meet with me personally one-to-one, -one, whether that's to discuss the movement practice or to discuss the Dharma practice, the Buddhist, Buddhist side of things. And there'll be, uh, Martin will speak more about how he'll meet with you all. Just in terms of, um, we're quite a big group uh, here practicing. So just a couple of details. In terms of the morning practice, you know, just to come and to sit on your mat, wherever it is, because we'll just be doing either sitting down or standing poses. We won't need so much space. And then the afternoon, there will be in the invitation for those who have brought your yoga mat to bring that with you. And those who haven't, I know they have a few in... Where did I see them? Was it the walk-in room? No, the... Uh, what do they call it? The lounge? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's a few yoga mats there, so to help yourselves there. Um, perhaps at the end of this session, you know, after we've met together and before tea, before bed rather, if anyone has any health issues that they wish to speak to me about, I think that would be a good time and then we can uh, I can just meet with you briefly and you can just talk to me then rather than do that tomorrow. So uh, we'll do that at the very end of this uh, evening session. So it's a pleasure to be here at Gaia House. It's lovely to be here in the spring. We were last here in October, so it was much darker. The evenings drew in, so lovely to still see blue sky and beautiful gardens blooming and uh, I really wish you all a wonderful retreat and I hope that that which is all within us can also have the opportunity to bloom and to flower over the next days. Nice. Um. So actually, before, before I speak more about um, the practice context and the form of the days, um, we'd like to hear a little from you. There's quite a lot of us here, but there's something often helpful, and I know some of you will feel immediately intimidated by the idea of speaking. So to make it easier for you... Oh! <laughs> microphone. Much easier, right? Uh, so there's something somehow just about ha having people's voice be in the room a little. And um, we'll just pass the, the microphone around. And if you just take a moment, just for a time really for just a sentence or two, and you might uh, just give your name and uh, just a, a few words about how come you're here. What's, uh, you might say something, just like I say, in a sentence or so about your practice background, your, your prior connection with Gaia House or with us, or what, uh, what brings you uh, here on retreat. And just an opportunity, 
like I say, partly just to kind of to hear your your voice before the silence descends, as it were, and also often just that opportunity to sense both the kind of diversity of background and story and circumstance that brings us all here, and at the same time within that hearing the kind of a certain um, uh, a certain unity of purpose and interest and willingness. Sometimes I hesitate with a large group to pass the microphone around because it seems like, oh, maybe there's too many people for the opportunity to really say very much or for everyone to have their voice, etc. And yet, it's always, I always really appreciate, actually, just the, the little, partly for us, hearing the little glimpses of whatever might be alive for you, and also the opportunity, actually, to just, to, to the reflective opportunity, even though I know it can feel a little uh, difficult for some, to actually put words to whatever seems uh, alive or relevant and touching as well, to hear from people in different ways. And we won't be requiring that of you for the next five days. Uh, interesting, I was, uh, reflecting as I listen to so many people say you're happy to be here, or excited to be here, feeling privileged to be here. And then uh, the thought arises, oh, I wonder how long that'll last. <laughs> there no doubt will be moments where you feel profoundly happy to be here. And maybe that happy to be here will uh, feel ref reflective of here the environment, here the nature, here Gaia House, here in retreat, etc. And yet hopefully that's pointing to the kind of promise of our practice and discovering the, the actual sense of privilege and mystery and wonder of being here, wherever here is however here is in a given moment. In many ways we might describe the essence of this practice as one of learning to be here, discovering more and more, discovering limitless actually dimensionality to what it means to be here, to find ourselves as we always are, here, here in the midst of a life that's living through us, here in the midst of this animated field of experience that we call body and mind and heart and world. And no doubt there'll also be moments where you may not feel so happy or privileged to be here. Moments where the, just the friction that one sometimes feels with life or the, the uh, agitation that may go on in the mind that generates some ideas of actually I might rather almost be almost anywhere else other than here. It's easy to be inspired either by our own good intentions or by the sense of the shared field of intention at the beginning. And... Uh, no. It's also somehow uh, what somebody spoke about, what Maya was speaking about, as the tenderizing of the heart through the process of being on retreat here. Right? That being gentle with oneself moment by moment in the being here. Being gentle with the process of practice, whether it's in moments where one feels a sense of gratitude, wonder, appreciation spaciousness, lightness, ease, etc. Or whether it's the practice of being with a rebellious mind or an uncomfortable body or difficult emotions. And that kind of the thread of our practice, the unfolding practice, the goodness of our practice is really that which, um, that which underpins the pleasant and the unpleasant moments, the easeful and the difficult moments. And it's that, that thread of practice that's hopefully supported by the silence and by the schedule and by the support, by the sense of sangha, community, 
doing this together. As we were driving down here this afternoon through the traffic jam called England, <laughs> Gail asked me, oh, what, what do you want to speak about this evening? And um, I thought for a moment and I, th- I said, oh, I, want to, I want to ask them all really please to do absolutely nothing over these. And then I thought maybe that's a little ambitious. So please try to do as little as possible. And I also noticed hearing from you the sense of people speaking about stressful work, stressful circumstances, etc. And when I when I speak about this, the practice of doing nothing, learning the art of doing nothing, I don't. I'm not really speaking about retreat. I don't mean the idea that we somehow come here and collapse and loaf around doing nothing and calling it meditation. And then the retreat ends and the period of doing nothing ends just because the silence and the schedule and that kind of support has ended. What I'm interested in is a genuine doing nothing that's got nothing to do with where we are. That's as available in... uh, in the midst of working life or family life or social life or retreat life or spiritual life or whatever other uh, adjectives we might want to put around that. So what might that be? Given that, as we hear easily and as we experience so easily, given that we can feel the effects of doing a lot in our life, and we can feel the, the pulls, both the, the external pulls, the pulls of our family or of our work situation or whatever, the various duties and responsibilities and activities that we have and that we're engaged in. And we can feel the inner pulls, the inner imperatives, the habit imperatives to do, to get, to have, to become, to, uh, or equally to avoid, to resist, to uh, get rid of, etc. The, the inner imperatives uh, of to, to kind of uh, to prop up familiar habit patterns, the inner imperatives to, to uh, pursue certain activities, etc. The inner imperatives to have certain kinds of experiences and not have certain other kinds of experiences. So given the pulls of life, circumstantial or habitual, outer or inner, what, what might that mean, the practice of doing nothing? The way we easily describe our life to ourselves and to others and it becomes a kind of the, an everyday rhetoric which is perfectly useful for ge- normal communication. We say, oh, I'm going here, I'm doing that. I went here and I did that. I will go here and I will do that. And we use the language of um, of doing and going and getting, etc. And we become so accustomed to it, and it becomes an expression of that which is the way we believe that's happening. That I, I'm doing all this. And now I'm going on retreat, and I'm going to meditate, and I'm hoping to have very profound experiences. And I'm hoping to relax, and I'm hoping to gain something from the retreat, and then I'm hoping to go back to the rest of my life feeling refreshed and vivified and peaceful and spacious. And then I'm hoping I'll you know, integrate my meditation into the rest of my life. Maybe. I like to reflect on that wonderful line of the Buddhas when we... Th- think of these imperatives of what I'm hoping for with practice. Buddha says, from complete and unexcelled liberation, I gained absolutely nothing. Oh. And you might want your money back already. So, 
in some sense of doing nothing, gaining nothing, what in Zen is called practicing with no gaining idea. Practicing with no gaining idea. It's something of an invitation to us to put down the burden. That's something that the context invites us into. Right? That coming here, there's a certain putting down. There's a certain putting aside. A lot of the duties and details and dramas of your daily life, the context allows you to put those aside. The phone won't ring for you over these five days. And you know what that's a reminder of, right? Turn off your phone. And the kinds of pulls on your time and attention and uh, relational uh, complexities, etc., those just those aren't happening these days. So there's a certain putting down from that side that the context invites. There's a certain invitation to practice with no gaining idea. In other words, to not try to get anywhere, to not try to achieve anything. There isn't anything that ought to happen in meditation practice. There is no right experience. It also means there is no wrong experience. There isn't anything that shouldn't happen. And as we dare through our practice, and that's what our practice is and the ways that we'll unpack them and explore them and describe them and uh, undertake them together, that's what our practices point at, this kind of opportunity of a, a great simplifying. When we use that everyday rhetoric, we have the impression that of a lot of agency. I'm the one doing, I'm the one going, etc. It's fine, like I say, in an everyday sense. But when we look a little closer, we find that much, like really the vast, vast, vast majority of everything that we do happens pretty much by itself. A lot of meditation, we use breath as a kind of basic, kind of grounding focus of our practice. How easily we think, oh, well, I've, I'm breathing. We want to take all the credit for that now. Right? Except, as we notice, breath is going along really rather effortlessly and naturally without us. In fact, it's rather a good job that I'm not responsible for doing the breathing, because... As you notice, when we start to focus on it in meditation, oh, we keep forgetting about it. So maybe it's like a rather strange kind of hubris or arrogance to claim that I'm breathing. Actually, I'm constantly forgetting to breathe. And yet, breathing's happening. As you're sitting here now, I wonder if you can sense the way in which body knows how to sit. So we start off with these very simple elements to see, is it possible to do nothing and find out that our life is holding us, expressing itself through us? Maybe more graciously than we might imagine. Breath breathing, body sitting, heart beating, nerves feeling, eyes seeing, ears hearing. You're not doing any of that. You don't have much choice. If you were in charge of the hearing, you could just turn it off. Right? But you don't have a choice. Try not to hear this. You don't decide. You didn't do the hearing. And... Because the retreat offers us sort of rarefied conditions in which to explore the nature of human experience, explore the tendency to claim experience for one's own, 
explore the possibility that maybe it's happening with, without me needing to feel so responsible for it all. Because we focus on these simple elements, breath, body, sensory contact, we can easily imagine, well, that's okay in retreat, but what about some of those causes of stress or busyness that you were mentioning, my working life, my family life, etc.? Interesting, though, then, even when we pass the microphone around, and even though you may invest a lot of anxious energy in thinking, what shall I say? Should I say this? Should I say that? And even though you might spend a lot of time rather unnecessarily and frantically, and, uh, but unfortunately we tend to do it, planning what you're going to say, actually when the mic comes, your speech just happens. And of course the idea can be very strongly, and one might be feeling a little self-conscious, etc. The idea can be very strongly, I'm speaking and they're all listening to me and oh my goodness, what am I saying and is it, any, is it wise or is it witty or something? But actually, if we, if we really look, if we really sense into the process of that, like I'm doing just now as I'm speaking, I, don't, I notice I don't know what's coming next. And yet, look, or listen, speech is happening. And was the same, was the same with each one of you spoke, speech just happened. The idea is an extra add-on. I do the breathing, I do the sitting, I do the walking, I'm going to do the movement, I do the speaking, etc. I do the listening. Rather preposterous. Rather grandiose. So, in some ways, this, the, the retreat, the practices in our retreat, right, the formal practices, but actually, equally, just every moment Every waking moment of our time together is an opportunity to see how necessary am I to the functioning of this life. Maybe a lot of the stress, which as we were hearing earlier, we, we inevitably build up a lot. Maybe a lot of the drama, maybe a lot of the agitation, maybe a lot of the pressure that we build up around life is through painfully and unnecessarily claiming it as our own. And maybe there's an opportunity here to put that down, to drop our gaining idea, our doing idea, our going idea, our being someone idea. One of my first teachers well, the wonderful uh, Thai monk called Ajahn Buddhadasa, who I lived with in the early 90s in Thailand for some time, described this practice as, he said, what we do is we're giving back to nature what we have wrongly misappropriated from her. We're giving back to nature what we have wrongly misappropriated from her. Some of you spoke about Dharma teachings as we went round, and maybe for some of you Dharma is an unfamiliar word, but uh, it's unfamiliar maybe because it's a little hard to translate, although pretty good translation for Dharma is nature. Right? The sense that this is, it's the nature of being human, to sit and to breathe and to stand and to move and to walk and to feel and to hear, and to respond. So Dharma practice is a practice of listening to the nature of experience. Dharma practice is a practice of learning how to trust our nature to be, and to express, and to feel, and to respond. Dharma practice is a practice of being natural. And that's really the invitation for us all. 
trust the nature of bodily life, of the particular intelligence of bodily life. With this particular intelligence that can sit, that can recognize when it's hungry, that can uh, discern very finely between different kinds of sensations. And in the stillness of meditation, and in the movement practices, and in the informal parts of the day, we'll be really encouraging a trusting this, the intelligence of embodied life, inhabiting bodily experience, attuning to bodily experience. with this rather preposterous word that we have called mindfulness. And you might better think of it in this context as bodyfulness, embodied attention. It's practice of being here, listening to this, trusting this, feeling this. What Gail earlier called it, in also referencing the Buddha's description of feeling the body in the body. Feeling the breath in the breath. Not the idea of body, not the idea of breath, but the way it's happening right now. Letting yourself sense the sitting, sense the breathing. So practicing with the natural intelligence of bodily life. And then also practicing with the natural intelligence of the heart our capacity to feel, to respond, to care, to be tender with what arises. A capacity to also digest some of the um, kind of the emotional pain or unresolved emotional material that sometimes starts to show up when we give it the kind of space and attention that we do on retreat. Finding that the real expression of the natural intelligence of the heart, which is love, and its different flavors, the capacity to care, the capacity to be compassionate, the capacity to, be, to really appreciate, the capacity to delight in beauty, the capacity to hold all our ambiguous and changing experience tenderly. And practicing with the natural, this, the natural intelligence of mind, which in Buddhism is called wisdom. A wisdom capacity to see what's happening. To see into the nature of experience. To see our tendency to contract around experience to make things rather complicated, to get caught up in all kinds of inner drama. And the wisdom that's able to see that process and to relax a little around it, to not take ourselves so personally, to not take ourselves and all our going and doing and being a certain way, so seriously. So, no gaining idea. No one you're supposed to be. Nothing you need to do. And then just for the sake of getting through the day, we'll put a little bit of structure to that. So the bells will ring and we'll call it meditation or we'll call it movement or we'll call it lunch. We'll call it going to the meditation hall and sitting or we'll call it going out to the garden and walking. And the opportunity uh, and the invitation and the encouragement 
to really allow body to sit, heart to feel, mind to know, world to unfold. Because that's what's happening anyway, right? While we're sitting here, talking and listening together, while you're agreeing or not agreeing, while you're finding my talk deeply inspiring or confusing or boring, or just wondering when it's going to be bedtime. Right? World is turning. Body is being sensitive. Heart is feeling. Life is going on. So an opportunity to really to enter into this process in a way that's gentle, wide awake, attuned, moment by moment, and just to see what we discover along the way. Okay. So before we end the evening together, we'll spend a little time in meditation, but I'm aware that we've already been sitting here for a while still, so um, we'll take a little time just to move a bit before we sit. Yeah, just to, I think just take a few minutes just to stretch, just feel into your bodies and just see what needs attention and just taking the time to be with yourselves in that way. And if you find that it's a bit cool, feel free to uh, close the windows next to you. I know it's been a travel day for most of you, and one which may have started early, and certainly did for Gail and me, so we won't be here for so much longer, but let's, let's spend 20 minutes or so sitting together in meditation. We'll give more instruction tomorrow morning. So for now, just establishing yourself in a posture that seems supportive one where you can have a certain ease and stability in sitting on the ground or on the chair. Sitting in such a way that you're 
posture can be upright and really helpful to have your shoulders and chest be open. So just rolling your shoulders back a little can help that sometimes. Feeling the, fr- the space that brings into your chest. And letting shoulders relax. Letting your belly be soft. Noticing any tensions that might be there around your eyes or in your jaw. Letting your hands be really at rest on your knees or in your lap. Gathering your attention so that you can really feel your posture from the inside. The sensations of sitting here. The natural aliveness of body. in the natural presence of awareness. Right? The natural fact of just being aware that you can naturally feel the sensations of sitting here, that you can naturally hear my voice. Meditation is the interface of natural awareness and natural experience. And so establishing yourself in meditation. In this very simple way, being aware of sitting here. Within the field of bodily sensation, just really noticing the rhythm and movement of breath. Letting your attention really inhabit the breathing. And the feeling of expansion that goes with the in-breath. The feeling of relaxation that goes with the out-breath. And that momentary stillness between breaths. Sensing the breath.
aware of the sensations of breathing, the feel and movement of breathing. And just supporting the intention to stay with these sensations of breathing. And whatever else is also happening naturally, thoughts, images, just see if you can leave them alone. Let them go by, let them follow their own nature. So that everything's allowed to happen. Sounds, sensations. Thoughts and images. But there's the intention not to do anything with them, not to do anything to them. And whenever you notice that nevertheless your attention's gotten caught up in some other aspect of experience, just gently unhooking. Just feeling for your breathing. Just coming back to this aspect of being aware of experience. Natural awareness. Natural breath. Just like this.
when you notice your attention has been caught up somewhere. Don't do anything extra with that. Just wait for the out-breath to come along. Let the natural relaxation of the out-breath serve as a way to let your attention drop. Leaving alone the idea or image or reaction that was there. Coming back to the simple immediacy of natural awareness. And the natural immediate experience of body breathing. Back to this practice of training ourselves in the art of being here.
during these days of practice together. May the goodness of our practice and the sincerity of our intentions bear liberating fruits of love and wisdom for the long-lasting benefit of ourselves each other and all those we love and all beings everywhere. So friends, we'll, as I say, we'll speak a little more about the form and practices of the retreat tomorrow morning.